podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Frank Benali. This is Klaus Lundekram. I'm Matt Letitia. Dean Hammond's here. And you're listening to In That Number. Kevin the Mosconish Milton. Find me on Twitter at Mosconish. And me, Ray Hunt. You can find me on at RayHunt84. Follow the show on at Number Podcast on Twitter. And on Facebook, Instagram and Telegram on In That Number Podcast. Email us with your thoughts and feelings on in that number podcast at gmail.com. And if you like what you hear, consider showing your support by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. Let's march on in. Welcome back to another episode of In That Number. This is episode 215, part of the Sports Social Network. Uh, this is another one of our fan cast series, and I believe this is number six. We started them at pre-season just to get a chance to, to speak to the fans um, and get to know them a little bit more. Um, so today we have Tom Pickett from uh, the, In The Channel blog, and he's on our Discord. Uh, and we are going to chat to him about his blog and about his thoughts and what we've seen so far. Uh, we also have the incomparable Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. And we have Tim Bazanch joining us later to preview our trip to Huddersfield after that international break. So let's get Kevin in first then. Say hello, Kevin. Hello, Kevin. Incomparable. I love it. Thank you. Well, yeah, I can't compare you to anyone. Uh, irreplaceable host, Ray Hunt, also. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. How are you anyway? I'm all right. Um, I've come down with something and I've got, had a really bad sore throat. So I had to cancel a few things on Monday and Tuesday. I uh, almost lost my voice. So hopefully it's back. So, but um, I'll be quite, what's the word? Uh, uh, no, I'll try and keep my words to a minimum. That would do us all a favour. So, yeah. <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? it yeah. Would do we have uh, a, a punny title for this one? Because that's what we did with the previous ones, didn't we? Uh, yeah, I, I, I was thinking about that, actually. Um, and I couldn't come up with anything. So I'm what guessing... Have we got? Scum like it hot. <laughs> yeah, it's going to have to be sun related, isn't it? Um, yeah. I don't know. The scum is down. Yeah, I don't know. We'll think about it. But yeah, um, I just want to pass on as well, Kev, that yeah, uh, we went to the quiz yesterday. Yes. Uh, and um, we did we did do. all right. We did all right, actually. There was 27 teams and we managed to finish eighth. Oh, that's uh, brilliant. So it was really good because they were like reading out like 27th to, to 20th and, you know, 20 to 15 and, and so on. We're, like, we're in the top 10, but I, I'm happy that we finished eighth. We did well. We, we didn't disgrace ourselves. Anyway, enough of that. Let's bring in our guest. <laughs> Uh, we've got Tom Pickett uh, from In The Channel. So, Tom, welcome to In That Number. Um, and how are you? Hello, hello. I'm, I'm good. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Um, I'm sorry to interrupt your, your quiz talk. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I can't, I can't complain. Eighth was, was pretty good. We had a good night. Um, a lot of drink was had. Uh, good meal. Yeah, good questions. Uh, as I said, uh, Adam Blackmore was, yeah, Adam Blackmore was fantastic. I had a good old chat with him uh, beforehand. Uh, I tried to get yeah, the answers. Motherboard. Yeah, and I saw, you know, Beatty was there, Ross Stewart was there, uh, Jack Stevens, of course, uh, Kayla Rendell and Laura Rafferty were there. So, no, it was, it was a good night. Was um, Ross Stewart, did he have his handbags and glad rags? <laughs> no, <laughs> Ross Stewart. No, he did okay. not. Um, anyway, um, enough about this quiz, this damn quiz. And Tom, you're on. I want to talk about you. 
Uh, and uh, but before we talk about your channel, I want to know about you because you you know your channel is called In the Channel because you live in the Channel Islands. Yes, I do. I, li- I live in the little island of Jersey, and so I thought I could create some form of pun between the Channel Islands and the Channel if you were to look at a football pitch. And I think it landed, but yeah, often like people yeah. people often don't because I don't broadcast the Jersey element. Often people just think, oh, you're talking about channels on a football pitch, but there's. There's more meaning than people. People yeah. no, Are you on Telegram? Point. No, I'm not on Telegram. Because uh, then you could have a channel in the channel channel. Ah. Or channelception, indeed. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, so you're from Jersey. Um, I, I've never been. Well, you're actually you're not from Jersey. So you're from a little place called Eastleigh. I think you've heard of it. And now, so you moved to Jersey about a year and a half ago. Is that right? Yes, yes, about a year and a half ago. What was what? Why? What, what was the thinking there? How come you uh, you moved to Jersey? So uh, it's found a tale of boy meets girl, and oh. then girl girl falls pregnant with first ch- child, and so we moved to, no back to where yeah. she's from. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's great. That's a nice story. I think. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't extradited from the UK, and I'm <laughs> I'm here by choice. So. <laughs> I've never, you know, I've never been to the Channel Islands, um, and I've always wanted to go. Uh, maybe I'll yeah, go one day. Too. You've never yeah, been, Kev? In, uh, I've never in been summer, there. if you can. I'm not, I'm a not a summer person. Get, oh, get a direct it. flight from Southampton, oh, or for the price. The price. Yeah, yeah, but. <laughs> but if you have a season ticket, you actually get discounted flights to Jersey and, oh, really? and Guernsey. Oh, I do have a season ticket. Oh, so you get a discount, I believe. All right, I'm going. Yeah, get, get yeah, Eastern Airways or whatever it is. Get, mm. get one. I'll go now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so your blog in the channel. Uh, tell us about this a little bit. And uh, like when when did it start? Why did it start? Um, and, and how's it all going? So it came about kind of on like on a random lazy Sunday afternoon. I have a, a young son, as I mentioned, he was he was having a nap and my partner's having a nap. And I was watching whatever awful game was on Super Sunday that wasn't us. And I just thought, I just fancy writing a match report on the most recent Saints game. So I was just there jotting away on my notes and I'd send it to a few friends of mine and they quite liked it because I wasn't writing from your standard sort of BBC sport. Here's what happened, blah, blah, blah. It was more, I'd like to think, whimsical than than that. And then it kind of developed from there in terms of I stopped sending it to my friends after a while and thought I'll just chuck it out online and see what sort of feedback I get. And got a fair, fairish number of listeners just for a hobby. So I thought, well, not listeners, probably just readers for, for a hobby. So I just thought I'd, I'd carry on and just kind of has continued from there. So That's that was great. started at the back end of the Premier League season in which we went down. So I don't blame myself entirely. We were awful the whole season, not when I started writing. <laughs> No, that's good. I, I, I was I was hoping you weren't going to say, oh, you know, I got fed up listening to all these crappy Saints podcasts and thought I could do a better job, so I thought I'd write my ideas down. No, no, nothing, nothing to do with that. I actually only discovered your podcast after I'd started writing it because once I started writing, I was getting more into like sort of what do other fans sort of you know think regarding the current status quo. Because being on on Jersey, there are a few Saints fans dotted around, but then the listeners might correct me, but I'm not aware of a specific Jersey Saints supporters club. So I was listening to more platforms just to hear what everyone else had to say. And kind of we all concurred it was shite. So <laughs> Wow. You're not, you're not on Twitter, are you? I, I've only recently joined Twitter because for some bizarre reason, I just didn't. And there was no rhyme or reason to it. But I have, I have now, as of about a week and a half ago, signed up to Twitter. So this is a in that number exclusive that there is wow. now a Twitter a Twitter channel. Yeah, get your stuff out there more. That'll be good. Um, put it out and uh, I'll uh, we, we can spread the word as well. Put it out. Retweets. Yeah, exactly. And every single time you do one, put it on the Discord. Um, and That's what I tried to do. Yeah, and I, I have a good read. I enjoy it. So we'll move on. Uh, but first we'll do some ITN news.
ITN in that number news. Okay, yeah, we'll start with the good old international roundup. Um, just of the call-ups, and then yeah, when we're back next week, I'll give you a bit of a report on who did what where, and who played where with against whom and scored what. Um, we'll start with uh, England. Uh, start with yeah, England this time. Yeah, no senior players, but um, THB has been called up for the under-21s. Yeah, he missed out uh, for injury last time, didn't he? So he's uh, yeah, he's still captain, captain as yep. far as I'm aware. Yeah, uh, Ballard caught up for the England under-19s. He's doing good things for Reading, so um, yeah, it'd be great to see him do well in an England shirt. And under-17s, um, yeah, off the back of that uh, friendly against uh, French Polynesia or New, New Caledonia, that's New it. Caledonia, yeah. Yeah, um, Sal Amo Amior, Ty Dibling, and Jaden Magoma are all called up for. Uh, the international break this time round. Uh, Sam Adozi is in the under, whatever the fuck they're called, under 20s, is it? Under 23s, which has been renamed to the England Elite League squad. Yeah, I forget which one it was. Yeah, the England Elite League. What a little rubbish. Um, yeah, <laughs> Sam Adozi. Uh, so yeah, that's, wow, six players. Uh, so yeah, maybe one of these days we'll have them, uh, called up for the, the main senior team. Um, Che and Stu uh, both called up for Scotland, but Adams has uh, since been withdrawn, and mm. Laura Shankland uh, is replacing him. Mm-hmm. Um, is that through injury or just him being shit? I don't know, to be honest. There's not not a, not a lot I've said about that or Salamana really. It's just um, been quite quiet, man. I'm sure yeah. we'll, we'll explain it when we when it comes uh, around to the uh, Huddersfield one. Yeah, another triumvirate has been called up, this time for Ireland. Bazunu, Smallbone and Ryan Manning all getting the call up there. And Shea for Northern Ireland. Can we just call him Shea from now on? Because um, obviously Adams is going to be going quite soon, so we'll only have one Shea on the books. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Shea Charles. Uh, Joe Rebo gets called up for Nigeria. Jan Badnarek back in the Poland squad after that, missing out the last time. Mm-hmm. Uh Argentina uh, caught up uh, this time is just the under 23s. Maybe the idea with the, the senior squad is they just wanted to get like you know one or two minutes in him at some point, so he can commit to Argentina, so he doesn't switch to another uh, another team later on. That's my theory. Anyway, mm, good. that's a good point. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Um, but yeah, I doubt that he's going to be playing for any other teams uh, anytime soon. But yeah, he did quite well in the under-23s last time, so let's hope that he can do a good job this time around. And finally, like you mentioned, Kamaldine Sulemana caught up for Ghana, but again, since withdrawn for no given reason. No, unknown reasons. Unknown reasons, yeah. Mm. Procedural reasons. Mm. Uh, there you go. Yeah, do you see the pictures on Twitter of Yoshi? I did. Yeah, train, training with the, the first team is great. In the MLS off-season, yeah, it's wonderful. I reckon we can get him back. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. But no, it's really nice to see him in, in Saints training gear. Um, it's had some yeah. good res- good responses on social media as well, so yeah, everyone's happy to see it. Maybe uh, Oriol Romeo can come back and they can show a little mm-hmm. tra- training session for old time's sake. Yeah, it gets Schneidlin as well. He's still knocking around. Yeah, but I don't think his connections to Southampton are as strong. There's another one that was doing rounds as well, wasn't there? Fonte. 
but he left sort of acrimoniously, didn't he? So I don't, don't see that happening at all. No. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, under 21s. Um, they uh, played yesterday. They reached the quarterfinals of the Servio Men's Senior Cup with a 2-1 win over AFC Stoneham. Nick Oyakunli with both our goals. So that is, that's good news. We like it. We like a cup run. Uh, and the women, uh, when, they, when we were recording last Sunday, they were playing Charlton. Uh, it was nil-nil whilst we were recording, but they eventually lost 2-0 at St. Mary's. Not ideal at all. They've slipped to fourth in the championship now. Yeah, not going well now. Doesn't seem. Um, and this Arsenal game that they've got in the Conti Cup, um, they set themselves a goal to smash those ticket sales. Uh, and their current record stood at 8,102. So they've beaten it. But it's not been smashed. At the time of recording, it stands at 8,800. Um, but there's still time to grab those tickets and really bump up this sale. And adult tickets are only a fiver. Under 18s, only a quid. So there's no excuses not to go out there and support them against Arsenal. So, yeah, get out there and do it. I think um, Marianne spacey Cow said she wanted to reach 15,000. So I, I think it's doable. I think yeah. hope, hopefully we can sell that out. That would be great. Tom, I want to talk to you about this season in general, really, uh, it's been it's been quite up and down, and we started well. We had that disastrous run of losing four on the trot. Some of them big defeats, you know, Sunderland and, and Leicester, a tight loss at home to Ipswich, and then Middlesbrough, which turned out to be a resurgence for them, really. Uh, but since then, they've been almost flawless. It's a run of eight undefeated, starting with that three-one win against Leeds followed by Stoke, Rotherham, Hull, Preston, Birmingham, Millwall, and most recently the win against West Brom. Um, we've had some lucky escapes. We've had some last-minute goals. We've had some big wins like Leeds and Birmingham. But we, we, we put ourselves back in, in contention for promotion. So, you know, you, t- you take all those losses, the, the lucky escapes, the wins. I mean, how do you sum up this season so far? I think when you look at this season so far, we've played 16 games and only four of them have been atrocious. So, you know... 75% of the season hasn't been atrocious and has been good. We're sitting fourth in the league. You know, Leicester and Ipswich have set such a pace that realistically we're, we're doing really well. Just the two or two slash three above us have set a ridiculous standard. So I'm, I'm really happy with how the season's gone so far, obviously barring those, those four games in particular. I think that if those games had been spread out a lot more, those losses rather, then it wouldn't be such an issue. And if we'd have lost one at the start of the season, maybe one last week or whatever, just spread out, it would have been fine. But I think the fact that we lost those four in a row, panic started to set, set in. And teams that we shouldn't, well, we didn't expect to lose to at the start of the season, like Ipswich, okay, they're, they're doing fine now. Uh, Middlesbrough as well, they were bottom of the league, don't forget, when we went up there. Uh, and we got beat by them. But yeah, I just think it is good. 75% of the season has been good. It's just where it happened in such a concentrated dose, it's it, it just it's a sour taste for people. And we slipped right down the table, didn't we? And there was yeah, a lot of people were panicking and questioning Russell Martin. Yeah, I think you're right. The concentration of those four defeats is kind of what I think made some people start to sort of set into panic mode. And if you look later on in our fixtures, that run repeats itself. I think it's end of February, start of March. We played those four teams in almost a similar sort of order i think the ipswich and the borough games swap around in terms of the in terms of the sequence yeah um yeah that's the only difference but those four games all occur at the same time so you know psychologically as fans we're probably going to worry ourselves sort of towards the end of february because those four games all went so wrong in september 
chance to put them right though, Kev. Yeah, it's a long old fucking season, isn't it? Um, 16 games is it, it's almost half the season for the Premier League. It's about a third for the Championship. So yeah, still a lot, a lot to do. Um, a lot that still could go wrong, I suppose we could say. But uh, yeah, we've still not played all of the teams that are out there to be played. And I don't know, the players do seem to be settling down quite well now. Um, we've got a, a fixed kind of starting eleven that uh, he likes to play with and tinkering just for suspensions or injuries. We've still got a huge fucking squad, but I imagine you know when we get a spate of injuries, then they'll come in handy. Um, well, but, especially yeah, over, that, over that festive period as well. Yeah, definitely. They're, yeah, they come fast. They come fast. They'll, they'll be coming, and uh, we'll be travelling all over the country. And, uh, yeah, we'll probably see all of them play at some point. But, yeah, I mean, Russell Martin, I was questioning him during that four-game run. Uh, I was doubting whether he was really the right man to not just... I mean, maybe he could get us into the Premier League, but could, could he keep us there? I'm a little bit more confident now. But, um, yeah, what do you think, Tom? Are you happy with Russell Martin? Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with Russell Martin. I think when we first got relegated, in my head, I was kind of chucking names around that I thought, who who could we go for? You know, you want someone that will get you straight back up and you, you mm-hmm. go for the names that you remember. So I was thinking, oh, Scott Parker, Chris Wilder's got a former Southampton connection, even Slavon Bilic has got teams up. But realistically, whilst they might get you straight back up, there's no project there. Like, Leeds have gone for Daniel Farker, which, you know, is probably a good appointment. But long-term, Daniel Farker's not going to be their guy. Whereas with Russell Martin, we might not go up this season, but I'll still be happy for him to be around because you can see the identity of Southampton Football Club, and that's kind of more important almost than quick wins. Yeah, well, plus the players seem to love him as well. Yeah, yeah, they do. I mean, but he, he has faced criticism. and We have got an identity, like you say, but it's a very, very uh, subjective, I guess. It's, he's going to face a lot of criticism. He has done, especially during those four losses, but his style of play, it, I mean... The problem that I had last season was the way that we were playing in the final third. You know, we'd, we'd have a lot of the ball, not as, quite as much as we have now, uh, but we just couldn't get get the ball into the you know in the final third, and it would just go backwards, sideways. We've seen that a lot with Russell Martin. It has been slow, uh, wacky team selections at times as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, well, all Saints managers come up with wacky team selections, so it's part for the course, surely. Oh yeah, but I mean, I guess we just wanted something completely different than last season, and you know, yeah, Ralph's oh, we, team selections. Yeah, we have got it, but it, it can be. I mean, it seems to have settled down a little bit now because they seem a little bit more comfortable. Tom uh, playing, you know, pass, playing out from the back, uh, the, the slower approach to moving up the field. Um, it's still, there are some matches that you you still think, I wish he would just put his foot down a little bit more and actually go for it. And there's always that uh, that second half slump that seems to just follow us around everywhere. I mean, how does he overcome stuff like that? I think the second half slump's a weird one because I don't really think, like, there's certain things that managers can't legislate for. And I think that is a mentality thing. And like, he's he's tried in a way, there's certain things he does in game. So we always see Fraser come on for Solomana and Fraser as a substitute is that proper dogged, work hard, I'm going to get this team over the line kind of guy. So he's kind of made that substitution almost like a staple of our play. And when you see him come on, you know that defensively he's going to be a bit more you know, stronger than Solomana because Solomana, electric going forward, defensively, Canley, Bree slash Manning, whoever it may be, slightly exposed. So when you see that substitution, you can see that he identifies that 
there's that period that if you're a better man, you'd always go 45 to 60. There's going to be a goal in this game. So it looks like he does try to, to counter that. Yeah, and I, another criticism of his is that well, I've said, I think you have at some point as well, Kev, is the fact that he didn't know his best 11. He would constantly move it around, apart from the you know the back four. Uh, constantly, Chamber. we saw a lot of a dozy. We saw uh, Sam Amoyor at the start of the season. Obviously, we had Teller and Ward-Prowse at the start of the season as well, which can't be helped. Um, but now it seems like he knows his best 11. Uh, and it seems recently in these eight games that we've we've uh, we've settled to this this settled eleven with with uh, Shay Adams keeping the bench warm at the moment and it seems to be working so that's only got to help the players right yeah no, that's one that we didn't really see coming we thought that seeing as Shay was, was to stay um, you'd think that he'd be one of the first names on the team sheet but uh, he's obviously. Charles and Adam Armstrong and more recently we've seen Alcaraz playing more forward role. He's been shifted to the sidelines. Another player that we didn't expect to be in the squad at this point as a regular that Russell might not be starting is James Bree. He's mm-hmm. managed to um, sh- shove aside Ryan Manning, a player who was brought in specifically to play Russell Brand, Russell Brand, <laughs> <laughs> Martin of football. Russell Martin's brand. Yeah, break ball, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I'm not going to delete that. <laughs> oh, Christ. Okay, fine. I'll go with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, Russell Brand's <laughs> <laughs> Comedy gold. Brilliant. He's a West It's a very eloquent football. It's, just, it's a bit eccentric. <laughs> Oh, I can't foot, remember. Footy foot, foot, footy, footy work. So, Tom, I want to talk about some signings. Well, all of the signings that really have made an impact for good or bad. I'll start with Ryan Fraser. It's kind of like filled in that, that super sub role. And I think in terms of incomings, that's probably the best decision that we've made. Yeah, Ryan Fraser was a real left field sort of signing. Like The name got thrown about, and I think a lot of the fan base was a bit like, oh, is that... Is that the supermarket we're shopping in nowadays? But yeah, he's, he's off the bench. Like I said, defensively he sounds, but he also as a substitute offers you that goal threat with, like you know, the goal like late against uh, Millwall, late against Hull, and the assist he pops up with. Off the bench, he's a fantastic asset to have. I quite like him right there at the moment. I know Kev's kind of like pushing for him to to stay. Well, we all are really, aren't we? Pushing for him to stay on, but. At the moment, I mean, he's doing everything he can to be a regular first team regular, but I quite like him as he is, and I don't want to rock the boat. Yeah, I think it works. Like I said, like having Sulemana basically batter a right back for the first, I don't know, say 60, 65 minutes, and then he comes off, and that right back's thinking, oh, finally a rest. And then you've got the wee mm. man coming at them and causing all, all sorts of different chaos, where it's less silky skill, but still the energy's there. Like the defenses in this league are going to struggle when it's just 90 minutes bombarded down that, that wing. And then the other wing, you've got Carl Walker-Peters constantly going down there. It's fantastic to watch the sort of asymmetrical play where our wingers on the left-hand side cause a problem, and then it's our right-back on the right-hand side that causes the problem. Absolutely, yeah. Just uh, just keep giving them the ball, I say. Flynn Downs, another good signing. Uh, just lately, he's been key, hasn't he? He's been a constant in that middle. He's, uh, he's obviously a favourite of, of Russell, Russell Martin, not Russell Brand. Um, and he's becoming a fan favourite as well. But he did have a little bit of a dip. I mean, he started well. I thought he was brilliant, brilliant signing then. Just like Manning was brought in to play that style specifically. 
that uh, that Russell Martin wants. I think I think he had a little bit of a dip. There was a few games where I thought, why is he playing? I mean, I, I think I'd prefer Shea Charles at this point. Or, you know, him with Will Smallbone didn't seem to work at some time. I thought it was a little bit not strong enough in the middle. But lately, he's been brilliant. He's been one of the best players, especially th- this last month. I think he's epitomised the sort of ebbs and flows of this season. As in, he came on, at, I can't remember the exact minute, against QPR. And he, he bossed that game since coming on. But I read somewhere that he had food poisoning before joining us, which is what caused the delays. And in that 65 minutes against quite a poor QPR side, you probably did just enough to get by. Then you start playing the good teams like the Sunderlands, the Leicesters, the Boroughs and the Ipswiches. And I think he was just getting caught out and he wasn't quite up to the fitness. But now, as you say, and as Russell Martin says, he's just a monster, isn't he, in midfield? Mm. Like he's tracking back, he's breaking up play, like... He's only on three yellow cards, which is absolutely nuts to think he's only on three. Like, that man should have had the suspension already, <laughs> but he's not. He's just on the three. Yeah, and we said that last week, actually, Kev, didn't we? We said that he's probably going to get booked against West Brom, and surprise, surprise, he did get booked against West Brom. So, yeah. Um, so, Russell Martin, Russell Martin, I got his name right this time. <laughs> Russell Martin did get booked, yeah. He's had more yellow cards than uh, Linda Hounds, hasn't he? Well, the same, yeah. but yeah. Um, another one that's kind of struggled at the start... Uh, like Downs, but then has picked it up and now he's a regular. You don't really want to take him out of the side as Taylor Harwood Bellis. Yeah, when we signed him, I thought that's got potential to be arguably one of the best transfers in the division. Like you saw what he did at Burnley, you saw what he did at the England Under 21 Championships. But I think he was coming into a defence that was not necessarily the most settled, and it just took him a while to bed in. And you think he started off, and there was obviously Jack Stevens is out. Then I believe Bednarak got injured on international duty. So the game against mm-hmm. Leicester, we started with a back two of him and Shea Charles. Shea Charles is great, but he's not a centre-back. And then the Ipswich game, again, we played Charles and Taylor Harbellis at the back. And if you're the main centre-back alongside a central midfielder, you've got to cover so much more. So it's unsurprising that now that Yanni B, as our favourite Nathan Jones, coined him, now that Yanni B is back in the side, they look so sturdy together. It's just great to see. Yeah, and... Someone that's going to spoil that is, is Jack Stevens coming back into the side and Mason Holgate, who I, I, I mean, I'm going to say this is the biggest turnaround. I know it's only one game, but that game against West Brom, Mason Holgate was brilliant, Kev. Um, we've said it yeah. was his best performance. Uh, we just, I mean, he deserves more time, doesn't he? And is he going to get that now with um, with uh, Yanni B and Howard Bellis playing Stevens. well and Jack Stevens knocking on the door. But yeah, Mason Holgate, is, could he be a, a little you know, dark horse there? I, I don't think he's going to unsettle either the THB and Jan Bednarak or Jack Stevens. I think he's still fourth choice. But what he does offer you is the ability that he could play right back. And I know obviously James Bree could play right back. But bizarrely, James Bree is now a better left back than the <laughs> guy we brought in to play left back. So I think Holgate offers you options and as we saw against Stoke when we were trying to cling on to that 1-0 he came on as a third centre-back to play alongside Bednarak and Howard Bellis yeah. and so he gives you that option from the bench of if you're trying to shut up shop which is rare that we're shutting up shop but if we try that he's there so I think he'll just float around the squad but at least he's not had any more howlers because when your first two performances go the way that he did it's, it wasn't a good start shocking shocking and also you know we, when it comes to December we've got what six or seven games I believe in that month it's going to be a massive massive month you know, the, the centre-backs are going to take, they're going to take a lot. It's going to be a quick turnaround. Um, but I guess I feel more comfortable that if we do need to use him, we know he has got that performance like West Brom in him. So 
we should be a little bit more comfortable now. Yeah, definitely. I think the bit for me that I was pleased with was when he came on against Stoke because he was on for a good 10, 15 minutes and nothing went wrong. He made a few clearances. And just for him to be part of a performance that got over the line rather than be part of the, you know, the Sunderland and then the Middlesbrough yeah. and just to have your first two go wrong. In fact, he was in a game that got over the line. And then I definitely didn't see the West Brom man of the match performance coming. But, you know, he's got that in the locker. And if you see his number on the team sheet, you're not like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, better. And he needs he needs minutes. He needs the, the confidence. Surely he'll get that now. And he won't get booed when he comes on. Um, Shay Charles. Uh, Oh, struggling for minutes, I guess it's fair to say, with um with Dan's and Smallburn ahead of him. But I mean, in terms of the central well, defensive uh, holding role there in the middle of the park, he's the first option off the bench in that regard. Um, and he's versatile and he can and has played at centre back. So but he's still young, isn't he? So I think there's there's if we can keep hold of Charles for a while. There's a there's a future there for him in the centre. Yeah, there's definitely a future for Shea Charles. He doesn't necessarily need to plug the gaps now. That's why I think Downs has come in just to shore us up now and, and play in that role. And Charles can come in and do bits and bobs where needed. He came in for Stu away at Preston. And, you know, like I say, uh, with um, Downs being on three bookings, Smallbones on four, at some point we're going to be short a midfielder due to suspension. And Shea Charles is, you know, able to step in straight away. Well, having said that, Shea Charles is in three bookings himself, so he'll probably come on, get himself booked, and he'll be suspended anyway for the next one. Yeah, and um, we, we saw Will Smallbone go off in that West Brom game. I know he's been called up to the Republic of Ireland squad, but I don't quite know. You know I don't think he's going to play. I don't know what the um, what the injury is. It looked like a hamstring injury, but it can't be that serious if he's been called up to the Republic of Ireland. But we might have to use Shea Charles you know, fairly, fairly soon, quickly. Uh, Kev, I'll let you take this one. Ryan Manning. Um, safe to say he's been... Well, is it safe that he's been the biggest disappointment in terms of incomings? I don't think so. I don't think he was that bad. You know, I think he did a job. Um, he's just got a mistake in him that we didn't see coming. And he's not, forward, he's not he's not an fine. upgrade he's... on, on uh, Ramon Perro, is he really? Hasn't been. Not at all. I mean, he's a good cross of the ball. Perot is likely an even better cross of the ball. But defensively, he is lacking in a way uh, that James Bree has shown that he can't be. Mm. Uh, at times so yeah who would have thought yeah. that kev that i mean I, I remember when james Bree played the first couple of games for us uh at the back end of last season you said Famously, we're never, yeah. never going to see him in a saint shirt again but How you know we've got, yeah. we got a james Bree playing out of position and keeping our you know number one left back signing out of the squad currently yeah weird as fuck but you know i'm down as long as you know he's he's there and waiting to challenge himself uh yeah i'm I'll back him all the way so tom out of all those players that we've mentioned Fraser Downs Howard Bellis Holgate Charles Manning who's been the the brightest spark for you I think the brightest spark has to be has to be Fraser simply from from the goals output point of view is you know goals win games that's what gets you up the table Ryan Fraser's provided that recently come off the bench so it's got to be him and I do think you're right with the Manning one it was the most two plus two equals four transfer possible as in Martin leaves Swansea Manning leaves Swansea oh what a shock they're, they're here together and at the end of August, Ryan Manning had the same amount of errors that led to goal as he did mm. assists. So he's just a little bit, you know, like like going forward, like you say, you can pick incisive passes. And that's another substitution that we see. Like Bree comes off and Manning comes forward to, you know, maybe try to pick apart a defence. So he's still an option. But yeah, I'd say probably Manning, if you had to say, was probably the, not the worst signings. That sounds too harsh. But out of the bunch, you'd probably put Manning at the bottom and Fraser at the top. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd put Holgate close to the bottom than, than Manning just because he's had an even worse 
start mm. to his <clears throat> career. And it's only one game that we've seen of him. We need more. Yeah. Of him, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, consistent. Mm. Um, Kev, what about you? Would you say that he's had Fraser the, the best impact for you this season, or you Definitely. know Howard yeah. Bellis, or even uh, Downs? Downs is because I mean, don't forget Ryan Fraser's not playing the minutes that Flynn Downs is. Yeah, I think Downs is kind of a player that just flies on the radio and just does a job, and everyone respects him for it. Uh, Smallbone as well. He's been like a kind of new signing to replace James Bob Prowse. Um, well, he wasn't done, here done last season well. either, was he? So. Yeah, no, so it's like he'd never left. And um, yeah, Taylor Hardwood Burris, yeah, it's been the quality signing that we expected him to be. But Fraser came in with, yeah, like uh, Tom said, close to zero expectations. Uh, it's seen as like only like a failure at Bournemouth and Newcastle. And he uh, seemed to be given a new lease of life. And he's slowly becoming my fav- one of my favourite players. Yeah, if not maybe my favourite player. And there is one player that we haven't mentioned that we signed this season, um, but he hasn't really um, played us for us at all, apart from picking that substitution uh, performance against West Brom, and that's Ross Stewart. Yeah, that, I, I, I purposely didn't include Ross Stewart in this section because... It's too yeah, early. Yeah. yeah, and we've barely seen him. He's had 14 minutes in total, hasn't he? So I, 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 I skipped him on that. Where do you see Ross Stewart fitting into things for the rest of the season then? What do we do with him? I mean, is there a place for Shea now? And, and does Martin find a way to use both Adam Armstrong and Ross Stewart? But then if he does that... And Alcaraz as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Who does he take out for Stewart? I, I, I truly don't know who he, he takes out. I don't want to be Russell Martin when it comes to, to, the, to this problem. He can very much make that decision. I can judge him afterwards depending on the results. But I think there's a way that they both play together. Because, but I do think sadly it's maybe Alcaraz or Stu Armstrong. I think it will be Stu, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I agree because I think Alcaraz will come into that sort of more fluid centre attacking midfield role. Mm. Adam Armstrong will stay out wide right because the relationship that him and Carl Walker Peters have is so good with Armstrong drifting in and Walker Peters just having that free roam of the right channel. If you pardon the pun, and. <laughs> Then you'll have Stewart as the central focal point and wide left Solomana. You, you can't drop him. He's just electric. Like he averages five successful dribbles a game. But the fullbacks in this league must hate seeing him on the opposition lineup. Oh, absolutely. And you, you've got to keep that. And yeah, I, I think with at the age of Stuart Armstrong, was he 31 now? I don't. Well, we, I mean, we've said this. He can't play full 90 minutes. But then again, he, he did it against West Brom. Uh, surprisingly, even though he looked absolutely shagged. But on that. If you are going to put Ross Stewart in, it's going to it's going to have to be Stuart Armstrong. Maybe then he will take up that role as an impact player off the bench. Oh, definitely, he already is to an extent. Like you saw him come off the bench away at Preston, and I think he came off the bench against Ipswich as well. And when he comes off the bench, you just you get this feeling of right, something's going to happen here. Do you know what I mean? Like he carries the ball so progressively yeah. and just looks to make things happen. Sometimes it doesn't necessarily work, but it's always nice to have a player on your team that you can see there's some endeavour, there's something ha- trying to happen here. Whereas often. In particular last season, there wasn't there wasn't signs of that at all. Yeah, and I just don't want to play. I don't. I hate it when I see Charles, Smallbone, Downs all in the same team. Ultra ultra defensive, and you do like Alcaraz and Stuart Armstrong and Ryan Fraser, Sulemana to actually, you know, be more progressive in that sense. Um, so if there are going to if someone's going to go, you would think he's not going to take out a defensive midfielder. It's going to be someone like Stuart Armstrong or Alcaraz. That's the only way that it's going to gonna happen, because you can't take out Adam Armstrong either, can you? 
No, you can't take out the bloke that scored nine goals in, in 16 games. And that midfield three of Charles Downs and um, Smallburn that you mentioned, if that ends the game, fantastic. We're probably clinging on to, to a yeah. result. But you, you can't not start Alcaraz or, or Camaldine. Notably, the only four games that Alcaraz hasn't started this season were the four defeats. Like, neither him nor Camaldine started those four defeats. Now, do I think that particularly impacted those overall results? Maybe not, because they're against decent sides. But, you know, when you have players that can cause the chaos they can cause, you're going to, you know, win more than you lose. Yeah, agree. Yeah, you've got a bit of a dilemma or a trilemma or a quadrilemma coming up uh, with the <laughs> centre-back situation. Um, we've got Teha with Bellis, now Holgate looking on form. Yanni B uh, just come back in after suspension. Jack fucking Stevens after injury. Who who are we going to pick? Don't mess too much with, with with a winning team. But well, I think at this moment you can say, say that Ryan Manning's We've had lots of different uh, centre-back combinations that have been on winning sides this season at different stages. So, yeah, that's that's a real tough situation. I think we're kind of lucky that the schedule coming up is so hectic because it means that they can be chop and change and, and they'll all probably get their minutes just here about. You just need to pick the right moments for the, the right players, you know. That's mm. going to have to be Martin's, Martin's challenge and that's why he's he's on the big box and we're, we're on a podcast. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so so this week, right? Forget the internationals. Bednarik, Howard, Bellis, Holgate, and Jack Stevens—they're all fit. They've all had a brilliant week of training. Who does he go with against Huddersfield? I think against Huddersfield, you've got to go with with what works with Howard Bellis and Bednarik, just because they are quite a physical side. Like Darren Moore teams don't really play the ball on the on the deck that often. It's going to be lumped in, and those two are probably the two best headers defensively of the ball. So I'd probably go with those two for that one. But then you've got Bristol City afterwards. Yeah. That's maybe when you look to go for someone a little bit quicker. Rotation-wise there, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and Huddersfield have got a great big forward. I mean, what's it? it, I can't remember his name. Berzog, is it? Um, Burt Bacharach. Burt Bacharach. He looks like a beast. Um, He's going to be physical, so you need to be able to deal with him. Yeah, so the, the rest of the season then, I mean, hopefully we've had our lowest point. And, you know... Leicester are having their struggles now because they've lost two. Um, but you, you, I mean, you expect the Leicester side to ride that ride that out. Ipswich, I, I don't really think they have a big enough squad, and I'm, I expect they're going to fall away at some point. Uh, you know, once the fe- uh, the festive fixtures uh, kick in gear as well, they're they're going to have some struggles too. Uh, maybe not if it if it isn't in December, it's going to be January, February time. They're gonna they're gonna have a slip up. We've got a big squad, so I don't. I mean. Is it fair to say that our, we're not going to have another low point again? We're just going to keep keep on this upward trajectory. I mean, Leeds probably, they're going to improve as well, I imagine. I don't think they're going to slip off much. They're going to be there or about. I think it depends on what you mean by, by low point. I, I do think we're going to lose again before the end of the season, undoubtedly. But we're not oh, yeah. going to lose four on the trot, is the, the no. way I view it. Like We might lose a game in December, maybe a game in January, whenever. But I, I think in terms of the rest of the season, we've just got to keep doing what we're doing. So at the moment, we're you know closing that gap game by game. Leicester are dropping points. Ipswich are drawing it away to Rotherham. You know, I thought it was only fashionable to draw at home to Rotherham, but they drew away to <laughs> So you know, just if we keep doing our thing, we'll end up definitely top six, I'm sure. And we'll just see how the how the top two look. Yeah, I mean, I guess that brings us on to the the team that we're playing next. Huddersfield, you said that they're a very physical side, don't you? Yeah. Uh, Darren Moore, we're going to see a lot of ball, balls up in the air. Uh, we see a lot of again, balls up, yeah. <laughs> a lot of balls up, yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're sinking 
pretty much a sinking ship at the moment. Is this a good time to play them, do you think? I don't know if there's ever a good time to play anyone in a championship. It was a championship such a nuts league. Like, you would have thought we would have been in a good vein form up to Sunderland and we got pumped and there's other and, results in the and league. And Middlesbrough, but, yeah. Great yeah, time again, to play and, Middlesbrough. <laughs> and Middlesbrough. And there's so often that just random scoring lines come out of nowhere. Like, Norwich were going well when they got pumped 6-2 at Plymouth. Preston were unbeaten like we were and they got spanked 4-0 by West Brom. So, in a championship, you can't really have a good time to play anyone. But I, yeah, but, I do I mean, think... Change of managers, I mean... The, you, why do I want to say Roy Hodgson? Neil Warnock's just walked away. <laughs> Same bloke. Um, yeah, very much different disguise, different rubber mask. But yeah, uh, Neil Warnock's just walked away. Seems to be quite low. I mean, I think that if there is a good time to play Huddersfield now, now is a good time. I'm, I'm quite confident going into this match. Are you equally as confident? Or? When I say that, like, there's never a good time to play, like, or never a bad time, like, I'm, I'm still confident going into it. It's the sort of mm. game that you need to be confident if we're going to we're gonna see what we want, which is promotion. So I'd say it's a good time to play them with Ross Stewart coming back, hopefully fully fit. Will he get more minutes? You know, that will cause problems that they, they won't have had, like, the paperwork to, to look at or the, the videos to analyse Ross Stewart in a Saints team. So that could cause different problems. As we know, Alcaraz and Camaldini are just chaotic anyway. So we, we should have enough to cause that problem. Yes. Very good point. But he's an unknown quantity, Ross yeah. You've got to like our chances to finish the month of November undefeated as well. I mean, I said that at the start of the month. I said I quite fancy this month to go undefeated again. Huddersfield and, and Bristol City, the only ones that are going to stop us. Yeah, I like our chances here. The Bristol City one's the one that I'm a little bit torn on because they, they have a very new a new manager. And the, the guy, uh, Liam Manning, that's the guy, mm. the guy from Oxford, Oxford yep. City. And Oxford they United. Keep, oh, oh, they're definitely not from Oxford City. If they're shopping in that market, we should walk it. Um, <laughs> but so they are equally an unknown because from what I hear about the Oxford United side, they play sort of similar football to what we are trying to impose. And if they come and play rejuvenated, they you know they could they could get something. But we've got to be confident going into it with the former in, especially at home as well. Oh yeah, St Mary's needs to be a fortress in order for us to. To go up, I think the season we went up in 2011-2012, we lost three home games in total, and we're currently on two home defeats this season. So we can't mm. really afford to lose any more home. Absolutely. And on that note, do you think we're going to get promoted? I'm hoping for a playoff final win because oh, I, I've, I've cleared it with everyone on Jersey, and I'll be the first man on that flight to Gatwick and the first man on that train up to London if we get into that playoff final. Wow. I don't want to go for the playoffs. I really don't. I don't think I can handle it. Predictions then. Um, Tom, as you're the guest, um, I'm going to let you go first. What's the score going to be against Huddersfield? I think I'm just going to play the numbers on this one. I've tried in the Discord Predictions League to sort of go against the against the grain with the result, and I've kind of slipped down a bit. So I'm just going to play the safe bet and go for a 2-1 Southampton win. Mm. Okay. All right, Kev, I'm up first over you. I think we are going to get a clean sheet there. I think we're going to be too much for him, and I think we take it 2-0. Yeah, and it's probably going to end up with Tom being right, because that scoreline 2-1 is just the safest bet you can really make. But um, I think we're going to get our first convincing result of the season, 3-0. Okay. You don't think that Leeds and Birmingham were convincing? Um, Well, (laughs) yeah, but we didn't keep a clean sheet there, did we? No. Oh, okay. I'd like a three 0 That'd be nice and yeah, nice and comfortable. That's what we need. We don't want. I don't want to, you know, be a goal up going, you know, with ten minutes left. Yeah, or even conceding early. <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah, not. That'd be bad. Definitely not that. Um, right. I think that is about everything. Unless there's anything more from you, Kevin. 
That's it, mate. Tom, is there anything else you want to add? I'm, I'm all good. Thank you very much for having me, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting. In like moments. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good to actually uh, get a voice to the to the channel. <laughs> Pun intended. Yeah. And um, yeah, if anyone listening, join our Discord and uh, who knows, you might end up on the podcast at some point as well. There you go. Yeah, that's an out. But yeah, anyway, Tom, uh, thanks very much, mate. Um, and I'll speak no to you again soon. All right. Take care, gentlemen. Thank you. See you, mate. Dean Hammonds here. Thank you for tuning in to In That Number. So now, of course, we have the, the international break before we get back to the business of the championship. Uh, we travel to the John Smith Stadium on Saturday, the 25th of November for a 3 p.m. kickoff with Huddersfield. Um, to help us get ready, we have Tim Bizantz. Tim, welcome back. How are you today? Doing really well. It's going to be in the 60s. Like It's going to hit 60 here today in Chicago in mid-November. It's absolutely crazy. It's, uh, it's definitely global warming. <laughs> well, I mean, over here, it's been dark, grey and miserable, but the sun has just made an appearance, actually. Um, oh. But yeah, it's been kind of matching my mood, but I don't really feel that sun-kissed at the moment. We've got a little break, uh, but then we're right back into those those two fixtures. Uh, but we're going to focus on Huddersfield. Uh, so let's start. little bit of a struggle for them this season. I mean, they're sitting down in 21st, just four points off the relegation zone. They're winless in their last four. Uh, in fact, they've only managed three wins in total in the season, uh, two of those coming at the John Smith Stadium. Uh, struggle to score goals as well, by the looks of it. The second worst record uh, in the league, just ahead of bottom of the table, Sheffield Wednesday in that metric. Now, is there any reason, Tim, that we shouldn't be expected to keep this streak going uh, and possibly make it four wins in a row? Well, the expectation here is that we absolutely uh, should be dominant in this game. If if we are not dominant at all, then it, even even if there is a, uh, you know, a trudge out win, it's a failure uh, because this is the type of team that we need to play and treated as I don't say treated as practice, but we need to go out and just completely dominate. I, I my only fear is that we're just going to do what we did against Rotherham, and maybe get a little bit complacent. And you know we should be winning these games, uh, therefore we, we won't. You know. Yeah, and I mean you can always get the 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 bogey game coming out where it's two weeks, so they have time to be able to prepare against us. They we might get a, a knock or two during the international break with injuries, and so we're out of position or people aren't playing as well. And then obviously they could just you know, there's Walkett could be on their side too. They could get a handball and things can get thrown all over the place. It's yeah. true. You, you never know. So my question is, is Huddersfield Town? They're the Terriers, and that's where they're most famous for. But they're often called the Town. How many how many teams out there in England are really known as the town? Like if you would call them, they're the Town. Um, I don't know. Not many. I don't think. I think it's just a bit bland and boring, isn't it? There's a lot. Of, football clubs called town but i don't think they, they refer to themselves as the town maybe they are the town yeah they, i mean they're they definitely go the terriers are them like that's what they would be but also for teams known as the town like they were you know looking through and doing my research nicknames the town was easily the second one and really the only predominant one outside of the uh, terriers that came up so super interesting to me mm. but Nonetheless, uh, Huddersfield Town, it's a suburban Leeds area. So for us, for our U.S. based listeners, that is the the north uh, at the North Midlands. Uh, yeah, Yorkshire. Yeah, Yorkshire. So the northern part of the Midlands there. Huddersfield Town founded 115 years ago. It had its most successful years from between World War One and World War Two. 
So they were the FA Cup champions in 1922. So no one else can sing that. That's kind of funny. <laughs> and then three-time English champions in a three-peat. Okay, we're talking domination here. 1924, <laughs> 1925, and 1926. No, I don't remember that, unfortunately. <laughs> that is some elite-level gamemanship there. Only, only, only 100 years ago. So... <laughs> But let's talk about John Smith Stadium. Have you seen pictures of it? I don't know if you've ever been there before. Of course I have. Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful stadium. It's it's unique. It, it's 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 like none of the others. It's a very it very is nice stadium. Gorgeous. Mm. It is gorgeous. Built it was built in 1994, and it's just for those who've never seen it before, take a look. Please look it up. Uh, it's there's a surrounding forest that it's built into, and but it has this modern symmetry that allows for curved for curved roofs on all four sides, and each side is each side is unique. It's 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 its own stand, and the four covered stands are. I mean, it's sublime in terms of the way you can describe it. And in FIFA, it's my favorite stadium, and it's easily my favorite stadium in the championship, and it's probably potentially uh, all of the UK is my favorite stadium. Um, so I want to uh, want to let them know that's that's a pretty cool looking stadium to to, to consider and think take a look at. Uh, so they had a two year spell in the Premier League, 2017 and 2018, but most of the time, uh, but since the mid 70s, they've really been in between uh, tiers two through four. Uh, currently managed by Darren Moore. Uh, they started off the year with Neil Warnock, who saved them from relegation last season uh, at the depths, did a really good job of, you know, being that uh, being that last ditch savior. Uh, but Darren Moore came in really at the early part of the season and hasn't really fared too well. Coming into it, though, the, the season, they were being pegged as relegated or one of the teams that could be uh, and with them currently sitting in 21st. Uh, that's definitely an option for them. It's not like they're, you know, playing well above or punching above their weight. So looking at their team, their roster, new players, there's only one player who's new this season who's had any level of semblance of major minutes. And this is Delano uh, Brigzong. He's on uh, he's on loan from Mainz. And no, isn't he, he scored... the big barrel chested center forward? That is correct. Yep. Yeah. And he has scored and he has scored two goals on the season so far. But looking at their key players, there's three other key players I wanted to highlight. Uh, Mike uh, Mikhail Helik, uh, he's a center back. He's had four goals in the season. So it's saying something that when your leading goal scorer is your sweeper, not just your <laughs> center back, like your center of the center backs in a five in a in a five back formation, uh, it's been a bright spot in their ultimately poor squad. Uh, Jack Rodoni. Uh, if you listen to the Total Saints podcast, they, uh, the Huddersfield Town guys say that he is going to be coming back uh, from injury after the international break. So take a look out for him. Three goals and assists and he, with that fit, foot injury he's been out with. He's going to be their other um He's going to be their uh, other player to really look out for. And then Sorba Thomas has made, had four assists in, in, in connection with his one goal in the season. Uh, last five going in reverse order, lost the whole city 1-0, drew, uh, Watford 0-0, lost the Leeds 4-1, lost to Cardiff 4-0, and they beat a Gareth Ainsworth QPR side 2-1. Tactics, what are you looking at? Darren Moore is the most defensive setup manager in the championship, exclusively in a 5-4-1. And it's, he's had maybe a, he's had a little slight improvement on Warnock from, uh, with a focus on defense, but at the, at the ability for them to lose their attack. 
And with Helic as their sweeper, he's pushing forward on set plays. And the heat map will show that if their attack is going to come and build out, it's going to go through their left side. So that's Helic and Lees, Tom Lees, Naki, with Nakiyama, who's their left wing back, and eventually a, a crossover to Thomas, who's in that right midfield position in that four. They are going to be counterattack city. That's all they're going to be able to do against us. So let's hope we don't get caught out too high. We, let's hope we don't get too complacent, as we were talking about earlier, because we are going to play really aggressively high. Uh, if Benaric slots back in and hopefully no injuries when he plays with Poland, um, and Poland's going to have a very crucial match at home against uh, Czechia, uh, they need to win and then hope that Czechia loses or dr- dr- uh, draws uh, Moldova at home. And then Scotland already qualified too. So well, let's hope that Stuart Armstrong, Che Adams, they're going to play the subs. They're going to play some players that, and so nobody gets injured. Um, but overall, to me, we should be expecting domination. Expect Hutterfield to sit in that low block and use Lees and Helic to dominate uh, over our small team, our small attack. Although let's we'll see if Ross Stewart comes in, and that'll be a fun uh, that'll that'll be a fun tactical switch if there is. And then it's going to be very similar game to West Brom, except they are going to have a whole, they have a lot less quality and they're even more defensive. So they're going to even have less chances going forward to take a look at. And it's for us that while we can have that slow, methodical build up possession based play, recognize that they aren't going to be so compact that we have to figure out how to break them. And that breaking is going to come through not necessarily a counterattack, but spreading the team wider and building them and building out more from actually even further down the pitch in the midfield rather than put us up in what would be a, a half court offense or a third, a third the half court. I using basketball analysis yeah. here using that half court now where they're really going to like, you know, they're going to play it instead of a two, three zone, they're going to play a five, four, one zone and really just play, play around. I'm, just, I'm so glad that, that Kev's not here right now for this. <laughs> So that's what that's what's to be expected. It's going to it's basically going to be a slog uh, and it's going to be really, really tough to break them down. But if we do like Leeds and Cardiff did, uh, it's it comes not so much from being able to do that slow methodical play. It comes from a Charlie Alcaraz dispossession from one of their from one of their midfielders, a breakthrough, a push up to the wing, whether it be. Suleimana breaking off their uh, their right their right backs or the right center backs, uh, or you know Kyle Walker Peters cross eventual small cross in and that small bone you know just kind of a outside foot shot to be able to break through the lines. If That's small, how it's gonna. Uh, if small bones yeah. aren't uh, available, that is. That is true. Mm. That is what I, that is Huddersfield Town. Excellent. Okay, so me me and Kev have given our prediction. So uh, it's just down to you then, Tim. What's the score going to be? Three uh, zero. I think we're gonna win. Wow, a clean sheet. Yep, they have they have nobody in attack. So is if by playing playing the odds, you know, we should be we should be destroying them just like how Leeds and Cardiff did. Okay. That's it, Tim. Thank you once again. Um you need to enjoy the rest of this uh, little breather from the championship now and uh <laughs> let's hope we can continue to climb ever closer to that top 3 and uh Close out the month of November with with six more points. That would be something, won't it? Absolutely. Perfect. Okay, so yes, until next time, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Southampton.
Social Podcast Network.